If you've got your Bibles with you, if you want to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, I'm going to be reading that in a short while. That's 1 Peter chapter 2. Uh, I have a, a word from God for you, Pete. Very simply, you rock. <laughs> and, and I'm glad you're part of this church. And I have a word from God for every single one of you who belongs to this church. You rock. And I'm, yeah. And I'm glad that you belong to this church. Now, where does God tell me that you rock? Well, God revealed it to another Peter, going back to the first century, and he, he wrote a letter that we're going to read, and he says, you are living stones. In other words, we're royal rocks. If you look at the passage, we are royal rocks. And so we all rock. So you rock. Okay, so let's read 1 Peter 2, verses 1 to 12. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the capstone. And a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Lord, I thank you for inspiring Peter to write those words. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us by your spirit some of the truth in these words. Amen. Amen. Pete is a rock just like us. I want to say some things that ordination is not. Ordination is not Pete being made a super rock. 
and then elevated onto a platform. That is not what ordination is. You see, we're all equally precious living stones here this morning. We're all God's rocks. There is only one superior stone. He is the cornerstone, the capstone, the crucial stone, and his name is Jesus Christ. He's the top stone. And he is the only one that can make dead stones live. He's the only one. And he's a specialist at it. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it in all its fullness. Jesus has promised new life. In verse 6, we find out how we can get this. We've got to trust in him. Verse 7, we've got to believe in him. That's how we get this life. That's how we become a living stone. You know, the psalmist says that he is his rock. So if we go right back to the next slide. Jesus is the rock of ages. You know, right back in time, the psalmist could say, long before Jesus walked on this earth, that he lifted me out of the miry clay and he set my feet on a rock. So Jesus has been there, rock solid, for all eternity. And he will be for all eternity to come. He is our personal rock. But when it comes to the church, he is our corner stone. And I've got a, a slide here. I, I love this visual aid, actually, because you see that, that corner stone there. If you remove that, the whole thing falls, doesn't it? The whole wall is dependent upon Christ, the corner stone. Jesus said, I will build my church. He builds it. He builds it by being the key person in the wall, and he builds it by giving life to every stone in the wall. You know, Pete has not been ordained as the cornerstone. He is not able to make us into a spiritual temple. Only Jesus Christ can do that. In verse 5, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to a holy priesthood offering sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Paul gives more information in Ephesians 2, verses 19 to 22. He says, You are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him... The whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling which God lives in by his spirit. Isn't that awesome? When you actually think and meditate on those words that light and life, St. Hostel, us, we are a spiritual temple. Built by Jesus Christ, Jesus is part of the building, and inside of this building, the Holy Spirit lives. Isn't that amazing? That collectively as a body, we are a container, as it were, for the Holy Spirit. What a privilege to be a living stone in a spiritual household, for each of us to be integral to it. 
We're absolutely integral. Every single one of us is integral to the structure in which God dwells. It's so amazing that God has chosen me and he's chosen you to be part of this awesome structure, the church, to contain his presence. I think the brilliant thing is that God says there's always room for one more. I just love that. You know, he he just puts another stone in and another stone in and another stone in. And he just keeps building and building. You know, if you have not yet received Jesus Christ into your life and become a living stone, you can today. There's room for you in this spiritual temple. We love you. We value you. We want you to be part of it. So ordination didn't make Pete a super rock. That's Jesus. No, Pete is exactly the same as the rest of us, a precious living stone. Neither did ordination make Pete a priest. If you notice, the bishop didn't say, I ordain you a priest. See, before Jesus Christ walked on the earth, in in the days of the old sacrificial system, the temple in Jerusalem was a place where the, the priests had this tremendous privilege. They had special access into God's presence. It was like they were the agents who acted on our behalf. You know, people came, messed up, and they went to the priest with a couple of pigeons or a lamb, depending on what they could afford, and he offered them to God on their behalf so that their sins might be dealt with. And there was one super priest He was called the high priest. And once a year, he went into a very special room in the temple called the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. The Ark represented where God sat, where his presence was. And once a year, he went in there representing the entire nation and sprinkled blood on the altar so that their sins might be forgiven. He he had a divine pass. It was like... He was the only one with the divine pass that could go through the curtain. And this was serious stuff. Nobody else had that high level clearance. Because even if he died in there, they couldn't go in. So they had to cater for that. So he had bells that were on his clothes. So when he was walking around, they could tell he was alive and the bells were ringing. And they had a rope tied to him. If the bells stopped ringing for long enough, they'd pull him out. That's how high level security it was. God says nobody apart from the high priest can enter. After Jesus rose again, the old system was done away with. The old priesthood was done away with. And there is an awesome uh, picture of this, a visual aid of this. When Jesus died on the cross, in Matthew 27 verse 50, it says this. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The Holy of Holies became open. As Jesus Christ laid down his life, the ultimate sacrifice, once for all, for every sin in the entire world, past, present, future. He paid with his life. And as he breathed his last, that curtain was cut. 
old system gone. And then he offers everyone a priest pass to get through divine security. This is absolutely awesome. I've, I've got a priest pass up here. Oh, sorry, we, I, this is it. That's the church. I should have shown you that earlier, sorry. Now then, I didn't know who to put on this. <laughs> Andrew's just realised his name's on it. I could have put anybody's name on it in the church, but I just thought of Andrew. Access to God the Father for Andrew Williamson. Expiry date, eternity. Signed, Jesus Christ. I think this is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing that Jesus Christ, the moment we believe, hands us a priest pass. And he says, you can enter into the very presence of God any time, day or night. For all of your life. Because as a believer, our life goes on forever. (laughs) It's not just while we're here on earth. It is an awesome privilege that we have. So, Pete rocks and we rock. Pete is a priest, we're all priests. So what's this ordination business all about then? (laughs) Turn over a couple of pages in Peter, well, in my Bible, to 1 Peter 5, verses 1 to 4. Because Peter goes on to really show what this is all about. Pete was ordained an elder. In the Free Methodist Church. Peter says, To the elders among you, I appeal to you as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering, and the one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as an overseer, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Peter, Pete was ordained an elder. And this is what an elder is. He's a shepherd leader. Somebody who cares for the flock. Somebody who leads the flock. The bishop read some words, and I'm going to read a few of them again. He said, Elders provide spirit-filled leadership in fulfilling the great commandment to love the Lord our God and to love others, and in fulfilling the great commission to go into the world and make disciples. Elders are God's gift to the church. Pastoral leadership focuses on developing healthy Biblical communities of holy people. These communities multiply disciples, mentor leaders, create new groups, plant new churches. Such spirit-filled leadership requires vision and courage to move people to obey the word of God and increase his church. It is a wonderful thing to be given by God the opportunity to be a shepherd leader. I believe that describes Pete. I believe it describes him very clearly. The word shepherd leader 
is somebody, it refers to somebody who provides good pasture and safe environment for sheep. So the church should be a safe place, shouldn't it? It should be a place where people are at home, where people can come and feed on God's word. It's also a place of providing special care at key moments. And new birth is, is a key moment. And I've got an example of new birth going on. So just a little short clip. Just watch. Okay. Yeah. Coughing up it. Funny, Yeah. You shook your head. It shook its head wrong. I know. I went out like. What's going on here? Oh. I was tempted to say, Hannah, that's how to do it. <laughs> And then I thought, I won't, but I have, so. (laughs) (laughs) The shepherd was on hand to clear the airways to make sure that that lamb actually breathed. There was a great danger that the lamb would not make it. But the shepherd was there. My my dad was a good shepherd. I was brought up on a farm, and, and my dad was out there lambing the sheep. It was impossible for dad to be there every birth. Impossible. Because he can't predict exactly when it's going to happen. So he cannot possibly care for every single person in every key moment of their lives. It's impossible. But Dad's heart was to do that, and he endeavoured to do that. And I know that's Pete's heart. I know it's Pete's heart to care for you. He loves you. And his heart is to do whatever he can to care for you. Also, to provide that general safe environment where you can be fed spiritually. I know that's his heart. But it's not just about caring for sheep. We could do a whole sermon on on caring. It's about leading. And I've got a a different short clip now with some sheep responding to their shepherd's voice. Sheep, come on sheep! Come on sheep! sheep. Come on. Come on, sheep. Come on, sheep. Come on. Come on. Come on, sheep. Good girls. Come on.
know, the sheep were finding it a bit tough that last exercise, weren't they? They, they weren't too sure. He got the early adopter, he went for it, and then, and then all the others followed. But sometimes leading is not easy. But I, I want to honour you as, you know, the sheep here. I really want to honour you because you are good to lead. And uh, you follow. And one example of Pete being a, a shepherd leader is the vision that God gave him for momentum groups. And, you know, he, he presented that. And majority of people are in momentum groups and have followed that, that leadership. And, and that's brilliant. When we felt right to purchase this, felt this was in God's plan, you know, you, you, you instantly got behind it. And I want to honour you for being easy to be led in a healthy way. And, and thank you. And I want to say to Pete, I want to honour you for being a good leader and not somebody who shouts around lording it over, but somebody who's alongside and somebody who encourages people to follow. So I want to honour you in that. It's a privilege to work alongside you, Pete. You are a shepherd leader. It's what God wants you to be, and that's what you are. And uh, I know that you care for this church, and I know that you've got vision, and that you will lead forwards.